Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. I vividly remember visiting my dad's new office in 1976. He had started a new company in the insulation supply and construction field in Joplin, Missouri. The building was a pleasant change from the huge 60-year-old tin-sided warehouse of his previous location. On the wall behind his desk in the new office was a large picture of earth called the Blue Marble. You've seen this photo, taken in 1972 by the crew of Apollo 17 spacecraft as it sped toward a landing on the moon. The earth glows blue and white, suspended in the blackness of space like a shining globe of life in the universe. The photo became the image of a global environmental movement that has revolutionized our understanding and our action about the unique and fragile planet on which we live. Now, 45 years later, the blue marble is in crisis. I'm Larry Payne, your host on Tracks for the Journey, a podcast dedicated to your well-being. I'll use my experience as a pastor, chaplain, and counselor to explore some vital issues. The insights of progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, and history are the helps we need in our modern world. The blue marble in crisis is the path we must explore in this episode now. We all love the beautiful places on this blue marble, don't we? My extended family lives in a variety of places. I'm located on the high plains of West Texas, semi-arid and flat. The family sees different views outside their windows, like the teeming urban cities of my daughters, the towering coastal redwoods of my older son, the rolling hills of the Ozarks for a nephew, the desert of Arizona for a niece, or the great mountains of northern British Columbia for my brother's children. So much variety and beauty grabs the imagination in each of these locations. But if we'll look closely anywhere, there is a crisis. The Earth's atmosphere is changing more rapidly than it has in four billion years. The danger is real. Is there really a crisis? Some have denied the reality of climate change. Do you remember the scorn that Vice President Al Gore faced in 2006 when he released the movie An Inconvenient Truth? He was labeled a tree hugger. 
More recently, the Trump administration has promoted many leaders who reject any science about human-caused change. Trump led the U.S. to be the only nation out of 196 signees to leave the Paris Agreement, forging international cooperation in challenging these dangerous trends. In the past four years, more than 100 environmental regulations or policies which promoted conservation have been reversed or canceled. But the truth of this crisis cannot be ignored. The facts are even more alarming now than they were in 2006 when that movie came out. The most important measure of it is called the global average temperature. Scientists compare the current readings with a baseline from the years 1850 to 1900. Since then, the global average temperature has risen about 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Most serious is the rapid acceleration of this increase. Nine of the warmest years on record have occurred in the past 10 years. Researchers now believe the process of warming is feeding on itself, meaning this surge in warmth will bring an even greater surge in the years to come. Is this a natural process? No. It is caused by human activity that releases carbon dioxide and other gases into the atmosphere. This conclusion is actually one of the most widely held facts in all of science, supported by thousands of research efforts in every field. As Americans, the fact is that we are the worst polluters on the planet. The U.S. has 63 of the world's top 100 polluting cities. And it's not just the cities emitting carbon dioxide from cars and factories. Farming contributes, too, with an even more potent gas called nitrous oxide. This gas is 300% worse than carbon dioxide. It's released when fertilizers are applied to increase the yield of crops. And this work and application has increased dramatically in the past few years. This terrible year of 2020 has brought all of this into even sharper focus. Ask the battered communities of the Gulf Coast who have seen more hurricanes this year than any other in history. Ask the fire-ravaged communities of the American West who have lost millions of acres and thousands of homes to the worst fires in history. Ask the drought-stricken farmers of the Midwest with the highest temperatures and lowest rainfalls in decades. In the U.S., seven of the past ten years have witnessed more than $10 billion-type disasters, which is nearly double the 40-year average. Going further afield, Australia had the worst bushfire season ever, killing more than a billion animals. In Bangladesh, more than a third of the nation was flooded during the monsoon season. Deadly droughts in northeastern Africa have millions without adequate food today. In the next 50 years, estimates are more than a billion people will be forced to radical change because of environmental damage. I could also add a personal story to this litany of disasters. A few weeks ago, a terrible wildfire burned through the coastal forests south of San Francisco in a state park that had not seen fire in over a century. My older son and his family were forced to evacuate their home as the fire raged. 
A friend loaned them an RV as a temporary shelter for the family. We monitored the progress of the fire with satellite imagery and the feeds on social media, seeing every hour the blaze was moving toward their neighborhood. When a news video showed firefighters working just a half mile from their house, we prepared for the worst. After an anxious night, however, came good news. The heroic efforts of hundreds had saved their house and the little town of Boulder Creek. Three weeks later, my son and his family returned to clean up the damage. Across California and the Mountain West, though, thousands were not so fortunate to escape the worst fire disaster in history. We can only imagine the emotional trauma that has been inflicted on millions of people by all of these climate-driven disasters. Psychologists predict the lingering effects will bring increased anxiety, depression, domestic abuse, and even suicides as victims struggle to overcome the devastating changes. As a partial result of climate change, life has changed forever for these global neighbors. The Bible brings wisdom and challenge for us as we consider the environment. The Bible brims with healthy respect for the earth, guidelines for management, and a profound sense of the human role as steward. Adam's task of tending the Garden of Eden, the goal of the Jubilee year to let the land lie fallow every 50th year as a part of a Levitical law, and the condemnation of greed by Jesus are a few examples of this requirement. The psalmist sang, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Humans are not owners to use and abuse the planet as we will. We're charged to work as stewards for God and God's kingdom. David Gushy and Glenn Stassen, in their book Kingdom Ethics, brings this point home as they write, Caring for God's creation is a responsibility that belongs to all human beings. Christians, as trailblazers for God's kingdom, should lead the way. Perhaps the most important and detailed Christian document on the environment in recent years was issued by Pope Francis in 2015. It is a direct, comprehensive, and prophetic call to action. He calls to our responsibility, saying, a fragile world entrusted by God to human care challenges us to devise intelligent ways of directing, developing, and limiting our power. The entire material universe speaks of God's love, His boundless affection for us. Soil, water, mountains, everything is, as it were, a caress of God. The year 2021 must be the year of environmental action to make progress on these divine directives. Time magazine ran a cover story in the July 20, 2020 issue entitled Our Last Chance, the defining year for the planet. Scientists are clear that the failure to reduce the output of toxic gases will drastically reshape our world in the next 50 years. We must be taking action now. One of the ways that we 
can be active in changing our environment is to be a part of advocacy groups. I'm a member of the Sierra Club, a organization that has been around for 125 years. The organization is dedicated to making an impact in this world in which we live. They're working to advance climate solutions towards clean air, clean water, and a healthy environment. Today, I'm a part of more than three and a half million people participating in this club. There are many local chapters. Wherever you are, you can find one and become an advocate for environmental responsibility. I think the Sierra Club is worth your time, effort, and money. They have a voice loud enough to influence corporate leaders, politicians, and other decision makers. It's time to take action. Let's bring today's episode to a close with the question, what can one person do? Well, the fact is, you can make a difference. Perhaps it was the voice of a teenager, one single teenager, that speaks the loudest. Few of us can capture international headlines like the Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg, Nobel Prize nominee, and one of Time magazine's 100 most influential people. She has mobilized millions of students for environmental change. She lays out the challenge in these words. The emergency is an existential one based completely on science. Nature doesn't bargain, and you cannot compromise with the laws of physics. Either we accept and understand the reality as it is, or we don't. Either we go on as a civilization, or we don't. Doing our best is no longer enough. We must now do the seemingly impossible, and that is up to you and me. No one will do it for us. This young activist has put in plain language the challenge that you and I face. So what can we do? Well, here's some ideas. First, take personal action. Learn about the reality of this threat. Turn down your thermostat. Lower your driving mileage and maximize your car efficiency. Recycle and repurpose the things that you use. Buy less beef. Support organic produce. Use shared transportation. It's true that one person can build a movement, and you and I can do some personal things that do make a difference. Second, become a vocal proponent of environmental management with politicians and corporate leaders. Communicate with them the importance of leadership. Urge the United States to be in full collaboration with the Paris Agreement. Advocate for development of clean, renewable energy and the reduced use of fossil fuels. Demand that governments do their part to regulate polluting industries. Preserve natural resources from corporate exploitation, even with your stock choices. Join with other environmental activists to be heard at the highest levels. I believe our action can make a difference. We are called to be stewards, and I believe God's energy will join us as we do just that. Pope Francis entered the 2015 encyclical 
with a prayer. We can use some of his petition for our prayers as well. His words were these, God of love, show us our place in the world as channels of your love for all the creatures of this earth, for not one of them is forgotten in your sight. Enlighten those who possess power and money that they may avoid the sin of indifference, that they may love the common good, advance the weak, and care for this world in which we live. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your host. I invite you to continue to join me as we investigate further topics during this exciting season. You can participate by going to the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page. There you can find links to the website and find all of the episodes. You can also find transcripts for each of the episodes if you would be interested in reading through them. I would invite you to also email me at trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is recorded at the Bright Star Studio. All rights reserved. Original music by Jan Bjork through Epidemic Music. Scripture is from the New International Version. Keep tracking on the path to well-being.